Hello and welcome to Dowdy, the podcast where me, Mariana Feijó, talk to my guests about the concept of bravery, or braveness, even just the moments where folks have been slightly out of their comfort zones. This autumn I've been brave because I've been going on long evening walks in the canal, by myself. It's dark, very dark in the evening in the canal. You can't see an inch in front of you because it's so dark. I've been considering buying like some forehead lights just to, to see in the canal and be seen because bicycles are there all the time not respecting people on their foot which to be fair why would someone be walking in the canal when it's raining very wet very dark maybe that's on me at some point in this podcast we talk about accountability and i say that i may do some sort of social media accountability thing and let people know which are things I'm planning to achieve in the second lockdown. And I'm so bad at accountability, I didn't even do that. And this episode is coming out on the 30th of December, which is right before we, we do that thing of like saying our New Year's resolutions or making a list of New Year's resolutions. I say them to myself as I eat raisins at midnight on the 31st and I think of them as you know the wishes you ask when you when it's your birthday and you're blowing out the candles in your cake and you're making wishes or when when a, a an eyelash falls and someone holds it between their fingers for you to make a wish and all of those times I think I've been told that you shouldn't say your wishes out loud because they won't come true and I think of new year's resolutions like that as well I don't say them out loud because they may not come true. And maybe I should think of them less as wishes and as things I want to achieve and I want to be accountable for. So maybe this year I will do it differently. And I'll think of them more as things I want to do or achieve, things I want to work for, things I want to be accountable for. So 2021 is an accountability year. And if you want to be my accountability buddy, hit me up. I should probably use the New Year's resolution talk as a cue into wishing you all a happy 2021. May you all be accountable for the things you want to do. May 2021 be a, a year of vaccines and return to those things you put on standby because you couldn't do them throughout 2020. I hope I can travel again and see friends I haven't seen for a while. And that's what I wish for everyone in 2021. Go back to the things that make you happy and do that over and over again every year of your life because that's what's important, the things that make you happy. As for this episode, it goes pretty much as all other episodes of Dowdy until now with the small exception of a little kid speaking in the background because that's life in 2020. No recording in studios, we're recording from our homes and lives are happening while we are doing it. But it does start, as it always starts, with my guest, Emily Kennedy Barnes, introducing herself. So hello, my name's Emily Kennedy Barnes. I uh, live in Brighton, UK, and I am a mama to an amazing seven-year-old boy. I've got a big background in performance art, and I have a long-standing commitment to diversity and inclusivity in the arts and um, especially in the area of gender equality as well. Uh, most recently I've worked with yourself Mariana uh, at Funny Women yes. um, as head of community engagement and before that a uh, regional network producer so that was a job that was very close to my heart um, for a good cause 
and I am currently on a program with a, con a community connectors program with uh, the local domestic abuse charity in Brighton called Rise, uh, which is for domestic abuse survivors who want to put something back into the community through um, a project. Uh, so I'm currently looking at uh, creating gender equality in the performing arts in the Brighton area. So yeah, that's quite exciting. That is exciting. It sounds like a great project. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm looking forward to see what, what comes out of it. It's huge. It's huge. And it's, it's such a broad thing, isn't it? So it's kind of like I'm really trying to define it at the moment and, and figure out, um, you know, ways that can make the, the best impact um, and especially considering the circumstances with uh, uh, the pandemic. So, um, yeah, as, as you know, it's really challenging finding sort of solutions when you're used to being able to host live events, um, sort of taking everything digital yeah. and then engaging people to want to be involved as well. That's a, that's a whole challenge in itself. So we're all learning a lot of skills this year, I think, aren't we? Having to adapt really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have a whole set of skills and other ways to reach communities as well through um, through the on online space that we haven't thought about before because we're just like I don't know we are I'm going to say it we were narrow minded or we are narrow minded to our own circumstances so when we don't think that maybe there are people who can't access it the way access things the way we do we are not as quick to find solutions for that. And I think this, this pandemic and the fact that it made us uh, go online made me realize, and I hope made some people realize, that the online space is a good way to, to improve accessibility for people in, who are not in the big cities, for people who have disabilities and can't go to the top uh, floor of the pub to watch comedy or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think in many ways it's making the world a smaller space, isn't it? In the digital space, because it's bringing everyone together more. There are so many, uh, you know, people can like for the first time sort of join together in things from like different countries, workshops, events. Um, I know with a uh, there's a self-development organization who a global organization called landmark uh, that I've done a lot of self-development stuff with which has given me uh, which has definitely helped in terms of courage and and bravery and stuff but they they have been very old and traditional in in terms of how they approach business because I think a lot of the senior people at the top are much older um, so they yeah. they don't they're not very you know used to the sort of digital practices but this has forced them into it and it means that people in Chicago are sitting in a seminar with people in Brighton who have been friends and you know haven't seen each other for 20 years but it, they get to experience something together online and then yeah you're right it's 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 funny that this has to sort of make that happen but it's exciting as well I think there's a lot of a lot of good stuff yeah yeah I hope we keep it in, in mind once we can go to physical spaces again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as humans, we just, we forget and we adapt so quickly, don't we? But yeah, I really hope so yeah. as well. Definitely. How would you define bravery? Oh, it's so interesting, isn't it? It's such a, because I've been thinking about it. I had a Google as well to look at like the definition. And the definition I found was, uh, the dictionary definition was courageous behavior or character. But yeah, I think bravery means sort of different things to different people, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and it can mean something completely different on different days as well. Like, 
it depends on on where you're at in your life and, and what it is that you're dealing with what circumstances you're in um, I have friends who have suffered from mental health problems and sometimes just going to the shops on a day is is brave for them you know it's it's an act of bravery and then there's there are the big adventures as well in life as well and as women we we naturally have in our menstrual cycle every month we have certain times when we are naturally more brave and outgoing and confident um, and then there are other times where we want to retreat and be quiet and uh, reflect more so that's quite interesting. I've been learning a lot about the sort of female cycles uh, this year as well. Yeah. And it's been really interesting to sort of know when I can choose to go out there and maybe network or talk to people, uh, put on an event or, or you know, have that, that element uh, play out. Um, sort of using my cycle to my advantage, which is, yeah. That is a really cool way to look at it because I, I feel like we look at it more in terms of there there is a time like a time in the month in our cycle where we don't feel like doing stuff and that's bad and that's like uh, <laughs> but yeah if you use it to your advantage yeah that makes sense yeah completely <laughs> exactly you can use it powerfully and it's really interesting because apparently at the time of ovulation and at the time of menstruation that's when we're like our most kind of powerful and just like yeah we've got this whatever but it's the sort of going to and coming back from that we're like you know ups and downs and of course for me especially the, the week before menstruation I have a lot of anger <laughs> or a lot of a lot of emotion but um it's sort of and I feel like I'm justified in telling the world about exactly what I've noticed as well is that actually a lot of the stuff that I'd usually let slip maybe and go oh it doesn't matter the, the rest of the month comes up in that week and I think actually no I need to say that and again I think it, that in a way like bravery can be standing up for yourself or saying things that maybe you would shy away from usually or you'd feel uncomfortable talking about with someone that could be a friend or a boss or someone you're in a relationship with or or just you know even someone in a business interaction that you're having it it's sort of being able to um to to voice your thoughts and and sort of and not have not have them be fear-based yeah so it's really it's interesting and um I guess that's the thing as well. I've, I, yeah, I've had different stages of my life where um, I've had people say to me, oh, you've been so brave. And sometimes I'm like, actually, that was quite a brave or just completely bonkers thing to do. Like, I, I went to an art college to do my uh, first degree. Um, I did contemporary theatre and it's this little art college in Devon contemporary art college and it was basically like Hogwarts and sort of the, the the more bonkers you were the better and it was great um, and it was really small sort of on this hill a, a lot of people in the in the local town called us the hippies on the hill <laughs> and it was great fun Poe the Teletubby graduated from there <laughs> which one is that one is it the, I can't remember <laughs> color wise I, I think it's the blue one But don't quote me on that. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. <laughs> But he's actually ended up being a comedian now as well, funnily enough. So, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I don't know how much bravery goes into the Teletubby. But yeah, an element of. Um, but in our last year, we had to do a, a SEP, which was a CEP, Contextual Inquiry Project, which like all art-based things sounds more wanky than it actually is, I think. And um, it just basically meant that we got to go and do an art project in the art field we were studying and do whatever we wanted. And it was an amazing opportunity because 
I don't think I've really had an opportunity since where you just have the sort of time and financial sources. Mine was my student loan to be able to go and do something. So I went to India uh, when I was like 23 and on my own. And I was like, yeah, this is so exciting and uh, brilliant. Everyone kept saying, you're so brave. And I was like, yeah, I kind of am. <laughs> and then I remember the night before I was going, I was in this little town in Devon in a pub. And basically anyone I knew that walked in, I was like, do you want to come to India tomorrow? Do you want to come? Because I'm not sure I should be going on it. But I did. Um, and it was absolutely life-changing. And I went to study, look at this Indian art form, uh, theatre art form called Katakali. Um, which goes back hundreds of years and um, sort of was derived from the Hindu Sanskrit. So I started looking at yoga and stuff as well. But I, I mainly went because I was looking at the differences between Western women and Indian women and our values on like life and art and sex and marriage. So I interviewed a lot of, a lot of women there and it was just really fascinating. And then I ended up with appendicitis and I had my appendix out and I got pneumonia and I was there a lot longer than I meant to be. Uh, <laughs> and a lot of people said, oh, you were so brave. And I just think, I don't know if that was bravery. I think sometimes in life, things just happen and you just have to, to do them. And it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's not necessarily yeah. brave. It's just... It, you couldn't, like, you didn't choose to have appendicitis no, and, no, and yeah. uh, pneumonia. Yeah. It just happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm going to go for that. Yeah. So, yeah, sort of, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's sort of like, it, it's such an interesting concept. Many times it, it's like from, in hindsight, right? So the way you deal with the things that come up may or may not be brave, mm. I guess. But you will only figure that out in hindsight. And I'm saying this like out of my my whatever brain uh, <laughs> out of nowhere because I've been having these conversations uh, a lot because I do this podcast <laughs> and I think there's no like black or white answer to anything mm. so yeah there's a lot of nuance in every conversation including the conversation about bravery yeah. <laughs> that does sound like a, a great project can people see any of it anywhere oh. like the results of your project oh, do you know what I didn't digitalize any of it at the time because when was it? 2007? Um, so it was sort of before my digital time anyway. But I probably have remnants of stuff somewhere. I still have <laughs> some lovely Indian things around my house. But And I did video it, but I don't know, maybe in my loft somewhere. So no is the answer, really. Um, but I did go on to create a lot of uh, theatre workshops with kids from it. So I worked a little bit with um, some of the kids out in India as well. And so I created workshops for kids over um, here in the UK afterwards. And that kind of led on to teaching performing arts in Malaysia and, and stuff like that. So sort of multicultural performing arts. So, so that was great. And um, yeah, I'm sure that some of that's digitalized somewhere. But yeah, it's, it was, uh, it's, it's really interesting bravery. I, I, I was thinking about women that I think, because I think women have to be a little braver in, in society anyway it's more sort of about having to if you want to do what you feel fits your soul you have to kind of uh, let go of any sort of ideas that society might have of women you know like you have to care less about what people think of you if you want to I don't know have a career or whatever it is that you're doing it's sort of it's not as clear-cut is it yeah I think it's, it's very dependent on whatever how 
yeah, where you were born, how, like, in which uh, presentation you were born, it it affects a lot your path within bravery. Have you thought about moments in your life in which you have been brave, apart from going to India on your own, <laughs> that you want to share with our listeners? So, yeah, there was going to India. I moved to Malaysia as well um, on my own to teach out there. So that was quite exciting for a while and that, that's just sort of the sort of stepping into a different culture which you obviously know about yourself as well just moving from everything that's familiar to well especially going to Asia it's sort of like a completely different world um and sort of adjusting to that and then there are times as well again when people have said that I was brave maybe when I read the eulogy at my mum's funeral when my son was diagnosed with leukemia and you know people and, and I, I didn't let him see any emotion other than positivity but then again I, I think that was again just dealing with life in the moment and and just doing what I, I had to do with it uh, but stand-up comedy I would say is a brave thing because that is something that has is like a conscious choice and I think for anyone that has experienced that fear um <laughs> like pre like um show set fear just before you go on stage and your name's being called I've, I've really had to battle with myself in the past of my brain's going you could just run out that door and run away and no one you know it doesn't matter like whatever and I've had to battle yeah. that all of those fight or flight sensations to really make myself get on stage and go and do it and I think that does take courage I think because it's you and you're it's a very naked thing to do isn't it yeah and it's more of a choice rather than sub- something that happened yeah. to you and that ha- that you have to deal with because that's like yeah. yeah you can not deal with it but you I, I yeah you do have to deal with the things that happen in your <laughs> yeah. life if you want to keep yeah going so yeah the uh, stand up probably is because it's a conscious choice has to come from a, a place of bravery to put yourself out there did your degree uh, was it more It was a performing arts degree, that's what you said, right? Was it more from the side of like producing stuff or did you have experience performing in it? And did that that help you when you chose to do stand-up comedy? Yeah, definitely helped. Yeah, I did a lot of performance. Um, It was kind of a mixture of both. It was devising theatre. So it's sort of creating theatre or performance from anything. So it could be a bit of text or um, there was a lot of things like site-specific theatre, which isn't sort of traditional on a stage, but could be in a tree or in a river or, you know, in a hotel room or something. So there was a, um, but there was a lot of improvisation and a lot of performance technique that was taught and yeah, so yes, it definitely helped in terms of, I think, having stage presence, which really, in all honesty, you know, I, I, still, I still come away from every gig that I've done thinking, yeah, but was I actually funny? But, but people always say, well, you had good stage presence. So I just say, oh, well, <laughs> I'll take that. So yes, I, yeah, I think so. What makes you nervous about performing stand-up? Is it a fear of not, not being funny? Is it... What is it? <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. It's sort of like I really want to be funny. And it is the best feeling, isn't it, in the world, as you know. Like, when you have a room full of people laughing, it's great. Uh, but yeah, the fear is... I guess it's that kind of the bomb, the bomb that no one wants to have. But then, you know, bombing on stage is exactly what you learn from as well. All of the bad gigs are when you learn to to, to adapt and evolve and, and change. So, yeah, it's that kind of... I've had moments where I've had sort of crippling silence on stage. But I, it's, do you know what? It's been so long as well since lockdown. I've never fully, fully... 
bombed. I know um, once I, I went on stage and just made a really awful joke. Well, it was it was a joke and I just I didn't think about my audience or who, who I was talking to. And I think that's another, um, that's a really important thing to, <laughs> to read the room, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, I probably one of my last gigs earlier this year, I forgot, my mind just went blank. So I decided to get the room to just hum green sleeves, you know, do, 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 do. And because I was a psych until I could remember what I was saying again. <laughs> so that worked, it was better than silence. But um, yeah, it's interesting because I feel like I'm removed, I've removed, I've gotten myself out of my way a little bit more in terms of fear of comedy. But that's, that comes with practice, I guess, like with anything, doesn't it? Yeah. The more you practice. I think, yeah, and the more you experience the, the silence, the more <laughs> you're able to keep going despite the silence. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. or ask the audience to, to hum something <laughs> so, you can, so, so your brain can <laughs> yeah. start over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's interesting as well, baby, because I think something like skydiving, something I've always wanted to do, and I used to think of it as something that would be terrifying, whereas now I look at it as something that would just be really fun. I don't have that sort of that fear there anymore and I think that comes with just constantly doing things where you're stepping outside of your comfort zone whether that is stepping into another culture or stepping on stage or wherever it is yeah the the more you get used to that cortisol <laughs> going through your body the the less fear is attached to everything else that you do as well I think. Yeah, it's an interesting thing from like growing up, right? Because when you're a kid, maybe you're less afraid of things because you haven't thought of possible consequences of doing something. And then you start being more and more afraid. And then you, I think, get, depend, depends, maybe not everyone gets <laughs> yeah. there, but I did get there as well. Uh, you come to a point where you realize that if you don't do stuff that are out of your comfort zone you want to new things because every every new thing may be out of your comfort zone because you haven't tried it before absolutely yeah and 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 some people do don't they they stay kind of very much in their in their it's called the golden cage that just popped into my head but I feel like that's been referred to elsewhere as sort of like the golden cage that's basically safe I guess like I don't know if it's in reference to a bird or something, but if you step out of that cage, you know, you can sort of dance out of it and then, you know, the world expands. But the, the more you, you stay in it, it is safe, but it's small. And, and so you remain yeah. small, don't you, really? And you live small, I guess. So, yeah. Like, yeah. And I think like, yeah, if it, if it is in reference to a bird, a bird inside a cage will be fed by the human who owns it yeah. but he won't be able to fly yeah but if he does go out of his cage to fly he will have freedom but there's more risks of yeah uh, a lot of things not not finding food having predators and stuff like yeah. that so yeah there's more risk but he can fly which is what birds do and can't really do inside a cage. yeah it, absolutely that's it isn't it so it's 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 spreading your wings um and taking the risk anyway knowing that it might not work out. I guess that's it. But all great yeah. things, I think, involve risk. And all art involves risk as well, I think, because it's, it's definitely an exposing thing. It's quite a lot of exposure, isn't it, to put yourself out there in whatever context, publicly. So, yeah, I think um, I like that analogy that we've just sort of come up with with the cage and the bed. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's so true, though. There's, like... A recurring bit in this on this podcast from the episode that was released 
today, today oh. is Wednesday, uh, which is that I'm going to pitch new definitions of bravery to the Merriam-Webster dictionary. And now I have the example of the bird as it, it will be a, a very long, pages long <laughs> definition of bravery. <laughs> Brilliant. With many examples. <laughs> that sounds great. Oh, I love it. So do you often have people um, say that they've looked up the definition of bravery? Uh, not not many people look up the definition, but everyone has the same sort of idea that bravery is doing something despite being afraid or whatever. But then they do come up with their own examples of what that means to them on the other side of the spectrum. Is there any time where you haven't done something for lack of bravery or fear? Oh, that's a good question. Something what, so where I've been sort of frozen by fear or that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, or just maybe something like if you... if. If instead of when you went to India, if instead of actually going through with that the day before when you were asking people <laughs> to, uh, do you want to come to India? Maybe that moment will have been a moment. Of, no, I can't go by myself and I won't go. Yeah. Uh, is there any sort of moment in your life? Oh, I don't know. I think I end up following through with most things, really. And like I say, sometimes it's just like, right, I've just got to do this. I think for me, if I've said I'm going to do something, I, I always want to try and follow through with my word unless some circumstances get in the way or some, you know, huge thing happens. I think it's always really important. Like, right, I've said I'll do this. I've got to follow through with it. And don't get me wrong. There are times, especially when I landed in India and I was like, what the hell have I done? What am I doing here? This is like, yeah. I, I couldn't have stood out more, you know, very blonde and English. And my mum gave me this huge um, sun hat just before I left with a massive sunflower on, just to make me look even more British. So <laughs> I might as well have had a big arrow. And So yeah, there's definitely times when I'm in the situation and I've, I've gotten to where I've decided to be. And I've thought, like the, those moments before being on stage where I'm like, what am I doing? Why did I choose this? Yeah. But yeah, oh, I don't know. I'm sure there must be. I'm not like, oh my God, I'm so, you know, so confident that I've always, <laughs> I'm sure there are things that I would have liked to have done that I just haven't in the past, probably performance wise, auditions that um, probably looked great to me, but I thought, oh, I'm not good enough or, or that sort of thing. But yeah. Um, there's not, there's not like an exact example that springs to mind right now. When you say, when you say that, when you say you're going to do something, you'll do it. Is it when you say it to yourself or when you say it to an outside person or publicly, publicly on social media, which I think is another way to say <laughs> yeah. stuff now. Um, it is. Yeah. No, generally when I've said it to someone else, I think, because if I say it to myself and it's, it's, always so easy to just be like no one knew <laughs> just letting yeah. myself down it doesn't matter um I actually find it really important I have uh, a few different accountability buddies in my life who are, are friends or people that well yeah friends or just people um who you know I you know we will say things to each other like I need you to hold me to account with this or you know I, I'm going to be doing this in a month's time can you can we check in in a week and this is what I'll have done in a week and you say you know by when, what date you'll have done it by. And then, you know, it definitely helps, I think, to have that, put it out there. And and yeah. then it's, you know, it's something you have to be more responsible for, I think. But yeah, I can, I can easily. Yeah. And, you know, like an example of that is definitely like maybe eating healthily or stuff like that. I can hear chocolate calling me when I sh I've decided <laughs> to not have sugar or something like that. And then I'll be like, oh, well, that's oh, right. So, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it's very important. Like, I think accountability is very important. And I think self-accountability is very, very hard. And I keep trying to figure ways of being self-accountable. Because sometimes it feels like if you have a group of friends, like you say, that are there to make each other accountable, maybe it's like a give and take thing. But sometimes I feel like I'm putting a lot of pressure or, of, on one specific, specific friend to keep me accountable. <laughs> yeah. And that's not fair for them. <laughs> so yeah, I'd like to be more self-accountable than I am. <laughs> And in saying that, we're about to, um, we're recording this the day before the second lockdown yeah. is implemented in the UK. And yeah, I'm, I want to make like a list of accountability things that I will probably share on social media and ask people who follow me to make me accountable. <laughs> that's, that's probably a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, I think it helps. I hear what you're saying as well. Generally, when these people are my accountability buddies, I hold them accountable as well. So it's not just me going, and another thing, and another thing. Um, so it, it, help, it benefits both of us and not just like, oh, ignore the phone, Emily's trying to <laughs> call again with a, a list of things. But yeah, definitely social media is, is a huge one, isn't it? Which you're great at. You are so great on social media. I think I think for sure, the like this podcast, and I procrastinated on it for a long, long time. Mm. Uh, and when I finally decided to do it and I say that I will put out an episode every Wednesday it's not that like anyone will complain if I don't put a podcast on, out on a Wednesday I think there's some people listen it, to it but I don't think they'd be like really annoyed <laughs> if there wasn't an episode but yeah it's a sort of accountability that I said openly publicly on social mm. media that I will do it so now I have to do it and I if I haven't edited a podcast by Tuesday I have to <laughs> do it on Tuesday and there's no way around yeah. it yeah but that's good, isn't it? I think it's um it's really important to have those things as well that you can sort of that you can tick off and you you do you you make sure they happen no matter what that deadline is there and you know even if you can't you don't sleep all night editing the podcast you're gonna make sure it yeah. happens and then you get your dopamine hits as well which you get from doing yeah. new things and brave things and um all of the dopamine and those sort of endorphins that are released through. Uh, stuff like that which is a huge thing with stand-up as well isn't it with comedy a lot of dopamine is released yeah. on stage so yeah and even that I feel like fighting that that fear and uh, like that stage fright doing it and then like the the feeling afterwards which I think is adrenaline of I've just done something and there was reaction to it and I'm excited and now I can't sleep because <laughs> yeah. I've just done this it's something that I've been missing a lot this past eight months because whenever I've done stand-up, which has been sitting down at my laptop stand-up, <laughs> uh, it's been like in my house, it's not as uh, scary or exciting in a way. I don't know if you've done any like online No, gigs. I haven't. I, I chose not to just because I, because it is such a different thing, isn't it? It's a different yeah. beast. So I just... I thought that that's probably not for me. It was really great being involved in the sort of production of the the events with funny women over locked, the first lockdown but to actually perform myself yeah I, I felt like it wasn't but yeah what was that experience like for you then um like I've done I've done I haven't done a lot of gigs online and most of them were had a concept mm. that meant that there was some interaction with the hosts Great. which I feel like is little different than just doing yes. five minutes to yeah a yeah. screen I have done one of those gigs and it was fun because they had like some you could listen to some of the laughs 
but still, I don't know if that mater- any of the material, which has been new material I have done online, will work on a live mm-hmm. setting. So I will still have to test it once we go live again and see if it works. Yeah. So the the idea of doing gigs to hone your material and hone your performance is not really something you can do online. I no, think. I know. Yeah. It's it's so interesting, isn't it? It's so tricky. I really hope that we get a time come back where live comedy and live performance can happen again. It just feels like a, a distant memory to me at the moment. But um, yeah. in Brighton, usually the Brighton Festival's in May and they've just run an autumn one, which has just finished. So it's just in time. Um, and I think the experience has just been so different for everybody. Um, I didn't go to any of the live events. But uh, the stages were outside and open air and, you know, um, this sort of typical comedy. Smaller audience. Yeah. So I just think, you know, yeah, typical sort of of audience, comedy audience sort of uh, shoved together in a dark little dungeon somewhere, aren't they? So it's sort of very, very different experience. So, yeah, it, it will be interesting going back and probably we'll take something as well because I will probably have to like address all of those uh, stage fights all over again because it's been so long. But yeah, yeah. But I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do no. that. That's I think something we need to keep. And I know like there's different circumstances for a lot of people that mean that they may not be able to go back to performance uh, for many reasons. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I hope most people who have done it before we'll keep doing it because we need all voices and i think like the risk is that the 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 more more common voices will keep going and uh less represented voices Mm. won't because they're they have more stuff uh, more pressures uh to to not keep going it's just already a, a big step to to start so after this whole period I hope there, there's still uh, a lot of the great things about uh, comedy happening. Is there some speaking about that? Is there something in your future that will require you to be brave in order to do? Well, I suppose there's, there is this project that I'm doing, which is putting back is a community-based project, like I said. Um, so um, in the Brighton area, around not specifically just uh, gender equality, but just sort of um, diversity in the performing arts. Um, and, and it really is more for people that have had the lived experience of living life at, at the sidelines and sort of which I suppose, you know, for one reason or another, whether it's because they've been in a minority group or because they have a disability or they're neurodivergent and their confidence has been crushed for those reasons or they just haven't been able to do the things that they wish they could so it's sort of creating opportunities for them and so I'm I'm setting that up at the moment and there is an element of bravery in that because again even though it's different there's there's that element of exposure of just kind of you know sometimes I'm like this is great and if I stay focused on why I'm doing it I'm like this is I'm really passionate about it but every now and again that inner dialogue starts going in my head and it's you know like who do you think you are to try and set up something on your own or try and do this or you know try and have a voice that people will listen to but that's just sort of the nature of the human brain really isn't it so it's kind of just saying shut up to my brain and um and just doing it anyway, like you say, it's that kind of, so yeah, yeah. 
And also, I've got to say, the women on the programme are amazing. You know, they are survivors of, of domestic abuse. And they're, they're creating these really inspiring projects, such a variety as well, that they're, you know, to really put back into the community and sort of... Um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, it's been it's been very inspiring being around women that uh, that really want to kind of give back despite having endured so much. And there's a lot of bravery in what they're doing. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Am I allowed to ask? Ah, <laughs> sure. Yes. This is a conversation. Uh, I, I, I do always like try to come up with a new thing if because uh, sometimes people ask my guests ask and I don't know if I have a new thing right now that I haven't said before so <laughs> if you have listened to me say this before <laughs> yeah but yeah I have like I have an idea for a show that I want to to do that is a lot about that's like basically about sex and about like different experiences mm. of sex that are related to gender but also to other things and yeah I've, I'm trying to work on that idea and I will probably attempt to do it online and yeah. there's yeah there's a lot related to that that I think makes it very complicated and as usual, like this podcast, uh, it took me a year and a pandemic <laughs> to go from the initial idea to actually doing it. So I don't know when the show will be out. Uh, <laughs> maybe it will be out in a year or more. But it's an idea. I'm reading. I like I'm doing my research. Ah. I, I'm i reading uh, Ruby Rare Sex Ed Guide for, uh, for Adults, um, which is very ah. helpful. And I have, I have like my... <laughs> if I look to my... <laughs> right side i have a lot of books that say sex 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 <laughs> so yeah my room is very sex uh, based uh, uh, there's a lot of sex words in my room there hasn't been a lot of sex in my room <laughs> since the beginning of the pandemic but well. so the concept is in your room anyway <laughs> yes <laughs> that sounds brilliant that sounds really brilliant and you know if it takes a year it takes a year doesn't it and I, yeah well let me know yeah I think there's also like some some bravery in not giving up on an idea yeah. even though uh you put it forward in time or not giving up in like something you have decided to do even though you aren't able to keep yourself accountable to mm -hmm. it and you've talked about like eating healthy mm -hmm. or I also think about exercising mm -hmm. which like when I do exercise in a practice in a practice of martial art in a group when I do have like a group keeping me accountable and I have like class on Tuesday class on Thursday I'm able to do that but when I have to like make myself have the energy to exercise by myself it's way harder and I feel like I that's one of the things I keep giving up and starting over but also just doing that I think is is good even if you give up to start over yes yeah absolutely I 100% agree with that because yeah like that's the thing isn't it it's like we were saying I said earlier sort of like you, you your bravery is different on different days or, or you you know your best self is different on different days depending on your cycle or what's going on your circumstances um so yeah it's also learning to be kind to yourself as well isn't it and it's like if something doesn't work out you can still get up and carry on yeah resilience I think is a yeah. huge part of that so yeah and also you've just said something that I think is very hard for me and I heard from other people who say that it's hard for them as well which is being kind, kind mm. to yourself 
you're way kinder to other people. Yes. To your friends, to maybe strangers even, than you are to yourself. Yeah. So yeah, there's plenty of people who have said in the podcast, and I'm trying to implement that in my life, that you should treat yourself as a friend. Yeah. So when you hear that voice in your head saying, oh, you're, you didn't uh, <laughs> wake up and go for a run. Uh, what are you thinking? You uh, No, just like, yeah, try again tomorrow. It's fine. If you were my friend, if I were my friend, I will tell my friend, don't worry about it. You can do it again tomorrow. Uh, or just like go for a walk instead. I don't know. Yeah. Things like that, that I think we should be better at. Absolutely. Or I should be better at. No. But if you're listening and you have the same issue as me, take the it's, advice. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? Especially like in busy, crazy lives. And also I know a lot of people have said in the first lockdown, they ended up, you know, takeaways on the sofa, not doing anything. And loads, I mean, loads of people on social media say, this lockdown, I'm going to be exercising, I'm going to be doing this, the stuff that I wanted to do in the first lockdown and I didn't. But yeah, that's definitely, I think I've definitely, I've actually learned about self-care this year and because it's almost been like a you know just to be able to keep going with stuff sometimes which sounds really dramatic but like actually you know doing all these little things I've um, started just this week getting up an hour earlier to try and fit in I do morning pages I don't know if you've ever heard of the artist's mm-hmm. way but that's yeah. morning pages so I do morning pages and I've set myself this yoga challenge and you know and like you say it might fall through tomorrow but um it's just you know those little things it's like keeping them going it's really important to just remember to do even if it's just one thing every day that's for you because then you feel like you know yeah. yeah and I've blocked out my calendar now and color coordinated it so that I can see the stuff that's my self-care and then stuff that's work or project based and then the creative stuff and then family stuff so that I can see the work-life balance visually and see like am I getting everything that I need to done and all my needs being met everywhere but again we'll see how that goes (laughs) (laughs) I do think that's like if you are in a comfortable place during this pandemic which a lot of people aren't so they are struggling in more ways but like I uh, have a house and a job and I'm in a comfortable place so I feel like it gives people like me the opportunity to stop and think about what's important Mm. and because you are working from home and there's less of a divide even though I work from home I feel like still even if I always worked from home I feel like there's less of a divide between work and home Mm. life now than there was before so yeah having to think about that in a different way will maybe make make us better to ourselves than we were before definitely yeah there's a positive to take (laughs) out of a global pandemic that uh, destroyed a lot of plans (laughs) but yes yeah well yeah that's it i think it's always important like the dalai lama said choose to be optimistic because it feels better and i agree with that yeah it's really hard sometimes but yes i'm trying to be more optimistic You've mentioned you thought about people who will probably be the answer to my next question. (laughs) Is there someone in real, either a real person or a fictional person or like a public figure or just someone from your own life who you think is an example of bravery? Um, Yeah, so there's there's so many, aren't there? I think I always, my head always goes to women as well. um, And and there's a sort of the very kind of obvious ones, which I think, you know, um, in society in sense like Mother Teresa for example and Princess Diana she was you know in her own way I'm not like a royalist or whatever but um 
<laughs> disclaimer quickly <laughs> but um you know she was amazing and the stuff she did was very brave I think and then I think there are people who I've always admired like people like Joe Brand for example um who just hasn't been afraid to just be herself out there publicly one of the first women you know in stand-up to really just go out there and be like this is me and I just think god that takes that takes a lot that takes a lot when it's when you're like you know the only one doing it sort of and yeah I oh god do you know what the list could go on I think I think there are just so many yeah. people out there and I would say like women women generally that are putting themselves out there they're all bloody amazing and brave and brilliant and of course men too <laughs> but you know I think to to put yourself um in a situation where you feel exposed attracts a lot of, of different attention and I think it is a very brave thing to do but to put to get yourself out of your own way to get yourself out of your head doing stuff no matter what and also for those people that are doing stuff and putting others first no matter what I just think yeah, um, they're amazing. We're arriving to the end of the podcast yeah. and there's only one thing left, uh, which is to ask you if you have anything to promote or anywhere people can follow you. Oh, thank you. Okay, um, so I have my up and coming community project, which will be Brighton based, but obviously uh, because of circumstances, there will be, it will be, on digital uh, forums as well so I will definitely um, I'm getting a website up for it which is quite exciting but it's not live yet it's coming soon and it's called uh, Hahaki uh, which is Japanese for mother tree um, so and the website will be hahaki.group and at the moment uh, you can you can follow me personally and my sort of comedy stuff on at funny for a woman on all social handles so yeah great this was it was great thank you so much oh thank you for having me on thanks for inviting me it's been lovely it's been really nice i feel like we haven't had a good natter in a long time so this is perfect thank you so much for listening you can follow me at at marianne's beats on twitter and instagram for all dowdy updates as all podcasts will tell you, all rates and reviews will be super welcome. And do share the podcast with your friends or on your socials. Hashtag DowdyPod. I would also like to know your pics of people who, to you, are examples of bravery. Share them on your reviews or tweet them at me. Huge, huge thank you to Champagne for the podcast jingle and a bunch of other things that are on podcast related. If you've enjoyed listening to Dowdy, have some spare to give, and would like to support me and help me improve on my tech and skills, all tips are welcome through PayPal and Coffee on at Mariana's Beats. I've been Mariana Feijó. Until next week. <laughs> <laughs>